Hello and welcome back to another week of the Murphy Corp podcast. This week, Rach had a call with Leila Walsh from Emerald Family Farms. This is a really interesting chat about a whole different industry than what you're probably used to hearing already. And that's the cannabis and hemp industry. So really hope that you learn something and it piques your interest. Enjoy. Um, how uh, how's it all going? Um, it's going good. It's going good. Very busy. Lots to do. Nice. So um, we are going to talk a little bit today around business change. Um, you you know you work in an industry that is totally uh, unknown to me and probably unknown to a lot of our listeners. Can you give us a little bit of background about the company that you run? Yep, absolutely. Um, So we have two companies um, called Emerald Family Farms and the CO2 company. Um, We're currently heavily engrossed in the recreational cannabis market and the newly emerging hemp market. Um, And to distinguish the two, the easiest thing to focus on is the compound THC. As of 2018, hemp is defined as a cannabis variety that contains less than 0.3% THC, so it's non-psychoactive, um, and as well as the nutritional and medical benefits of hemp, um, it can also be used to make textiles, plastics, concrete, um, and recreational cannabis, marijuana, weed, whatever you want to call it, um, has high levels of THC, giving the consumer a psychoactive effect, which is why that market's so heavily reg- regulated. Um, and to put it into perspective, rec sales in 2019 are due to hit $7 billion. And in its first year of regulation, hemp will reach 1.4 billion this year, and it's projected to triple by 2022. So there's a wow. lot going on and a lot of growth. <laughs> yeah, it's a staggering market. Um, I mean, my my experience of um, of CBD oil is is taking it to uh, to make sure I get a decent night's sleep these days. Yep. Uh, I mean, I I probably experimented a, t- a little further than that in my twenties, but uh, I'm I'm not as excited in my forties. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> um, so now we have our our companies are now vertically integrated across both markets and. Um, our goal is to provide consistent product formulations, kind of pairing indigenous knowledge um, with science and technology moving forward. Um, and I've worked in several facets of the company over the past two years, and I'm now leading the production and distribution of CBD finished goods nationwide and hopefully globally. Um, so coming from corporate London two years ago and jumping right in the deep end of the unregulated market, um, it was so evident that this industry is changing and growing rapidly with grassroots culture clashing with corporate culture. So business change is something that's a really vital component to successful growth and expansion. And um, I mean, you know, there's not many industries that see that level of unprecedented growth, but also opportunity. That must be a really exciting place to be working. Oh, it definitely is. There's so many opportunities and so many nuances as well that go on on a daily, weekly basis. Um, you definitely have to be organized um, to keep up, for sure. And that's one thing that's really hard is just um, 
bringing that indigenous knowledge com comes with a grassroots culture um, and they tend to not like corporate culture. So there is definitely a, a high level of resistance, even though you would think that um, you need it, especially even more in this industry. And, and yeah, that's an interesting one. So from a, you know, from a business change perspective in an industry that is that new, what does business change mean? Um, so, I mean, I think it comes in several different varieties. Um, and the goal is to be more productive, efficient, and a lucrative organization. Um, in this industry, a lot of um, mergers and acquisitions are happening. A lot of businesses are consolidating because they realize you need to be vertically integrated to survive the regulation and the changes. Um, technology is almost, I wouldn't say it's non-existent because it is happening, um, but it's definitely still in the shadows. Um, and that's something as well that is really going to be business change is really going to need to be taken into consideration for measures, acquisitions, technology implementations, other large-scale changes, people are having to pivot their businesses, um, really pivot their businesses depending on how the market shifts. Um, so to me, it's creating um, visible leadership and organizational structure so that we have effective lines of communication and being as we're kind of small to medium sized business it's creating um that cohesive effort towards building that structure and to achieve our goals and as you said there's so many opportunities coming so it's easy to get distracted and have several different goals that you want to achieve which is okay but we need to make sure that we have um, a good foundation in our businesses to achieve those goals and changes um otherwise businesses can fail and you've seen it happen all over the industry businesses just fall off because the industry throws curveballs all the time and if you're not prepared to pivot and change which means being organized and having that structure it could really set your business off kilter so i guess the interesting thing in your industry is the fact that business change is almost you know bringing structure bringing control uh, so it's a different flavor of business change to you know, to, to, to the one that we see in a more corporate environment. Yep, absolutely. Um, I mean, I've even, in more corporate environments, I've definitely seen um, places where you could improve, whereas I agree here it's almost just starting from scratch and building from the ground up. But it's definitely something that this industry is not used to. And, and one of the things that we're actively doing as a company, because we recognize this and several companies are, um, are merging with other companies who um, have that structure. They have legal teams, they have accounting teams, and they have bring more of that corporate aspect to it. And they still want the owner operators who have the indigenous knowledge um, to work side by side with them because they know that that's how the businesses are going to be successful. And what about the complexity? So, you know, my, my limited knowledge of your of your industry is that, you know, it isn't legal right across the states. It goes by state and almost mm -hmm. by city in certain areas. How, I mean, Jesus, that must be complicated to manage. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, if we could, we could talk about CBD finished products right now, 
there currently isn't any as hemp just got regulated kind of or just got legalized at the beginning of this year they're still working out the regulation so there's when thc and the recreational side you can only sell within state lines you can't sell across state lines even if say my state and uh, in oregon and california both are legal have a recreational legal market um, we can't sell across state lines. So you have to learn the ridiculous regulation that goes along with it in those states. But when you talk about hemp, you're now talking about shipping direct to consumer, shipping to distribution companies who are then going to distribute not only um, in the US, but also globally. Um, you come into regulation body after regulation body and you have to know what the laws are for each one of those states if you want to ship to them so I yeah, mean, that, it's, that it's is, really complex. that is staggering so your product roadmap um almost you know you can be creating products in different spaces but your route to market um could be fundamentally different from one state to another mm -hmm. absolutely and they and each state has yeah different laws within their own state in the recreational and in the hemp market so for example in oregon we as a cbd hemp processor are able to transfer products into the recreational market however in california although you can ship across state lines you cannot transfer cbd products made from hemp into their recreational market like there's so many different nuances and a lot of um the way i'm learning regulation is being written because in all honesty i never knew anything about it prior to this is that they will say okay we're going to legalize this then you have like a year of kind of uh, a shit show <laughs> while they're trying to figure out the regulation that's a phrase i'm familiar with I was trying to think of a different word and I couldn't know if I was like, shit shows no, the right no. word. Sometimes better just to be direct. Um, and then, so they'll put the, they'll say it's legal, then they'll take a year to write all the regulations and then they'll give you to this date, to, they'll be active and then you have another six months to make sure all the products is sold that was in the previous regulations. And they can literally, they've changed stuff with packaging, for example, within three months so you pivot your business to change all your packaging to this and then three months later they're like oh no we had pushback from the industry so we're changing it back and then you have to re-pivot back to what you were doing previously um so there's lots of where when i say there's like constant change from external factors not having that structure in your organization and being prepared for those changes on an ongoing basis um is definitely going to be difficult not to mention the larger scale pro um, projects like mergers and acquisitions or implementation of technology and, and how do you go about making a a kind of lasting legacy with a a wider environment that sounds like it's such a moving target in all honesty in this stage in our industry it being present in the first instant as owner operators Although we like the idea of being able to walk away and work kind of part-time and just have meetings randomly here and there, that is just not a reality and won't be a reality probably for the next three-ish years. Um, but the other key is putting people in place that are qualified. And one of the hardest things I feel like we've come across, and I've noticed it in so many cannabis businesses, 
is the lack of um, knowledge of how to hire people. And why is that? Is that because it's such a new industry, or is that because you've got people with no experience wanting to jump into something that is quite sexy and quite different? It's more the people who are hiring don't have the experience to know who they need. So when you're talking at like a executive level, um, hiring CEOs, CFOs, even hiring a financial controller, if you don't have the knowledge of exactly what a financial controller does and what needs to be done in your business, how do you know if that's a good candidate to hire? And then that creates high employee turnover at an executive level, which is really stressful. And then um, in turn, like it filters down and you have higher turnover because people aren't getting what they want out of your company, if you like, because there isn't that structure in place. <laughs> so to me, it's the last in legacy um, is having the right people in place to and the right plan in place, but having those people there to implement that plan correctly um, and keep it going. And then it's also when the change is happening or prior to it happening, you have to present why it's going to benefit not just the business, but the people. So why would this personally benefit your role? How is this going to make your life easier? And if someone doesn't think, anyone doesn't think it's going to make their life easier and they're an integral um, component in the, the cogs that are your business or your department, um, it can mean the whole team lapses and the whole um, plan that you have put in place lapses. So it's, to me, it's really about emphasizing how that's helping them and making their life easier. So when you leave, they're not like, oh, I want to go back to our old way. This way is actually easier and I like it, so let's just carry on. Yeah, and that I can relate to, Lee. So, so that um, is a challenge in driving any business change, in my experience, across any industry. I guess the bit for me is I've not worked in uh, an environment where it is such a new market um, with such diverse uh, flavors of legislation. Um, it, you know, resourcing and hiring talent is a is a challenge in in you know in the teams in the businesses that we that we work with. But yeah. I guess you've got extra flavors because it's so new. And the regulation bit, can you talk to us a little bit more about that? You know, I I, I think I have a handle that it is decriminalized in some states. But am I right or wrong with that? Um, yes. So when you talk about recreational cannabis, which has um, higher amounts of THC, you have certain states that have decriminalized it, um, and that's where it's left. You have other states that have a medical program in place, so you can get prescriptions or you'll have a medical card. And then you have other states where it's completely legal for um, recreational purposes. But there are also, although like some states, depending on which one, could be legal for recreational. But in Oregon, for example, you are not allowed to consume. You have to consume privately in your home. Um, like you don't go to a coffee shop like you would in Amsterdam and you can't leisurely smoke like that. Um, whereas in California, they have dab bars, which is another form of consumption, and lounges where you can go in and smoke um, cannabis and relax and talk or the food like cannabis cafes. Um, so that depends on state to state, kind of the little nuances in each recreational um, regulation. And then hemp has 
now being legalized i believe like a month or so ago the dea officially officially declassified it as a schedule one drug and said that as long as it's below 0.3 percent thc it is considered um, a dietary supplement um interestingly because my 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 i guess maybe ill-informed view is the same image i had when i was 16 and going to my first coffee shop in Amsterdam, you know, I'm walking through the door, looking at a menu, seeing these big bags of green. Um, and, you know, that, that isn't clearly what is in play, but, but in certain parts of the States, that could be in play. Um, yeah, and you will, if you walk into a dispensary in the US, you, you will see jars of all different types of flour on the shelves, and you will see glass cabinets of every type of products that you could consume even ways that you i didn't even know existed um <laughs> you can and there's just like bounds and bounds of education as well like in these shops you learn so much when you walk in there um so it definitely definitely varies from state to state um in not just whether it's legal or not but also the type of program they put in place the way they tax it like california for example is way more heavily regulated than oregon um the taxes are so much higher even kind of with external pieces of software like the track and trace system that they are implementing for the recreational market called metric in oregon it was a nuance it's a little tough and it took a minute for them to get prepared and all the kinks, but it's a it's like they're completely disconnected to how cannabis operations actually run and it's just hurdle after hurdle after hurdle um it's uh it's staggering i mean i run a business that has to deal with the uk government on a regular basis but the one thing you know there's not many things i could say are consistent with the uk government but legislation <laughs> would probably be one of them uh so i can i can only begin to imagine the uh, the complexity of that. Um, and what about from a from a kind of a business perspective going forward? Where do you see the market going? I believe that THC cannabis will be um, probably legalised within the next two to three years, and maybe like a strategic play like around the election time. Hemp, I believe, is going to become a commodity. In Oregon, it's hard to tell because I'm not, I haven't, I guess, ridden the market way for long enough. Um, if you ask my other half of my brother-in-law, they will be able to tell you kind of the last 10 years of the market. So it's easy to predict where it's going. Um, but hemp essentially will probably become commoditized. And we had the situation where anyone and everyone, depending on how they regulate it, could get a license. So in Oregon, they allowed unlimited licensing. So everyone and anyone came in from all over and grew cannabis. And then all of a sudden that year, it was like, oh yeah, we now have this amount of cannabis in our system, but we only have this many million people in the state. The price plummeted. So farmers went out of business, dispensaries couldn't keep up. So many people fell off and you could buy like, Oh, I, I can't even like three dollar grams, like the ch cheapest flour available, just because the price plummeted and it put people out of business. 
um, if they don't allow a limited licensing and they really think about it, uh, that could work. But at, like as of the last year, I believe Oregon had seven years surplus worth of cannabis in their legal system. And then guess what that feeds? If it can't sell and the prices plummet in the legal market, where do people go? Yeah. And that's, that, I mean, it's age old supply and demand. But as you were talking, I was thinking, albeit different sector, but about, you know, the, the sheer volume of Uber drivers we have in London. Um, if you flood the market with something, you know, uh, it will drive the cost down, it will move to commodity. But also, if you don't understand the basic economics of supply and demand, then, you know, you, you will put people out of business, which, which well, it sounds like it, it certainly did. Um, and from a personal standpoint, Lee, you know, what drives you to work in, a, in an industry that is, you know, so new um, and, and needing, I guess, needing the structure, needing the business change? What's, what's the motivator with that overworking it in an industry where you're maintaining the status quo? Probably the fact that I get bored pretty easily. I lose interest if I'm not like mentally challenged constantly. And now I'm like, honestly, just like, oh my God, please give me a nine to five job that I could breathe in. Um, <laughs> but... Be careful, be visual. <laughs> I know. But um, personally for me, it's, it's knowing what this plant can do for people and even our planet. Being able to bring something that maybe I wouldn't consider such a great skill or a useful skill or maybe a softer skill in a mainstream industry just because I've been made to feel like that in certain jobs. It's really nice to know how valuable this is in this industry and it's so it's personally rewarding in that sense, but it's also providing, being able to provide a great company for people to work in and to be able to do something different to what I see happen in other businesses. The things that I see that go wrong or that I don't agree with in the corporate world, I'm like, well, we're in control of this and we can make this change from the ground up. Um, and not to mention kind of the, the medical benefits that come along with the plant. I know people who die from opiate overdoses here, some of my other half friends, and it's simply because opiates get prescribed because someone maybe had a car crash and they hurt their foot and then they start getting prescribed all of these hard drugs, which they get addicted to and eventually move to heroin because they can't afford it <clears throat> anymore. It's a really interesting one. The, uh, the I mean, we've we've shifted here, but the opiate crisis. It's something that, um, well, I mean, talking personally, I'm five and a half years sober. Uh, less opiate, more alcohol related. But you know, let's face it, I was never that shy. But, mm -hmm. but I, I, I think we have created an industry in the UK as well, where you know, just doling out drugs become the norm. And uh, anything, I think, that can, you know, empower people a different way, manage medical, you know, illnesses in a, in a, in a more, I don't even know what the word is, um, you know, a, a more contained and safer environment has got to be a smart move. And, the, you know, the health benefits, both the CBD um, and the cannabis are, you know, are heavenly. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, absolutely. And I mean, the more what's what's amazing as well is just being on the forefront of the change and speaking with scientists, half half of which I don't actually understand what they're saying. But when they put it into layman's terms, it's amazing what they have been able to do with their trials and testing on patients. And we're not allowed to um, make any medical claims on any of our products. We have to make because they have to go through clinical trials and so on and so forth. But just speaking to people, personal family stories, and then talking to scientists about what they're doing and how you can separate all the different cannabinoids. And I mean, THC and CBD are heavily spoken about, but you have, they found, I think, over 800 cannabinoids within the plant. And if you're able to isolate them, they all coincide with each other, whether it's activation time, targeting specific areas of the body, one may suppress another and one may act as a catalyst to another. So just, just being on the forefront and learning so much is what has made me passionate about this industry. But being able to provide for our employees and provide them a, a nice place to work with something that they're also passionate about to bring them in as part of the revolution is, is what personally does it for me. So it's not a load of hippies smoking weed trying to run a business then? <laughs> there are some like that, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I specifically, like, I think out of... Um, all of the eight owners, I'm the only one who regularly smokes cannabis every single day. Others will do it here and there. Some will eat, take tincture, um, some vape. But I was really shocked when I found that out. And I think, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's just maybe just being so part of it so much in the past, they've like stepped away from it. But they are now really into... Tinctures, for example, my other half used to be probably the biggest stoner in his, in his school and college from what his friends have told me. And he won't even hit a joint right now because it, it doesn't work for him. He doesn't feel relaxed anymore. And it may be from the past of kind of smoking and being like a little nervous about kind of the legal aspect of it, that that's why it stopped. But now he takes tinctures because it helps him sleep at night. So it doesn't really matter how you consume some people can't smoke it because it gets them too high um so th there's something really for everyone and that's something that i was not aware of whatsoever i didn't know that you could consume cannabis in so many different ways i mean it's a it's a fascinating market you know really interesting yeah. I, I think in lots of different ways because you know it's it's something that is um it, it is new to me in way of a you know, in way of an industry, but but also how the market is moving and uh, and and evolving. The I, I guess one final question from me, Lee, is, is back on business change, and from a personal perspective, can you share with us, you know, perhaps a personal transformation that you've been through? Oh yeah, I do have a good one. So earlier this year. I was telling you about the Oregon market and how the prices dropped and the market became really rocky for a second. Um, and at that point, uh, my husband and I, who were running distribution in Oregon, had moved to California to set up production or to um, work on production and set up distribution there. Um, and then it comes back to us not putting the correct people and infrastructure in place before we left. So then I, while Ryan stayed in California, I moved back up to Oregon to help 
essentially keep the lights on while we were working on raising capital. So it needed a leader in there to kind of be able to say, okay, like this is how much we've got, manage the cash flow, manage decision makings. We pivoted almost every single week just to keep going. And I think we did that for about six weeks. And within that time, you could tell the employees like felt it, they knew about it, they felt the stress coming off management, they felt the stress coming off me. And I guess the reason I bring up this one as a transformation, because I believe it was a mistake that I had made, um, which I learned from. And in this situation, it's not necessarily a merge acquisition or implementing something, something new. It was a, how do you have that? We may have to shut the doors up here conversation without everyone leaving and also still believing that you're not going to shut the doors and you have some plans to make pivots in your business. And I took it, I made the decision to have one-to-ones with all the employees and explain to them that we may be closing the doors of distribution and making this entire facility a retail spot. And of course, it set off like panic. I did it on a Friday. It set off panic. I was like, over the weekend, think about it. If you have any any thoughts or questions, just come back to me on Monday. And um, as of Monday morning, the word had spread to our southern facility where they thought the whole business was shutting down. It was, it was kind of like widespread panic. And one of the transformations and things that I learned, and I heard it on a podcast the other day, is like, it's okay to be yourself, and but when it comes to business change and dealing with employees, you need to be who they need at that time. Um, and at that time... I should not have, I should have carried that burden myself instead of like talking openly, which is in my human nature to do. I should have said no and been that stronghold to say everything's going to be fine and play the violin, even if the ship's sinking. It's a really interesting one, Lee, because we uh, personally, we subscribe to the same view. So open, honest and transparent is absolutely how I, how I roll. And the, the bit that I, I found, too, in running my own company is that, you know, you can want to be open and transparent the whole time, but you you kind of, that empathy bit has to come almost before that. You need to mm-hmm. empathize with how people are going to uh, perceive news of any sort. Yeah. And, and, and it's, um, you know, well-intentioned, uh, I'm sure, but um, a tricky situation. Absolutely. And um, kind of one of the things I think, like, which is a huge part of, of business change is building trust with the people that you are essentially while you're changing. You're going to switch something up and it's building that trust. And I think in that moment, that trust was lost because they looked to you as the kind of like you look at your mum and dad sometimes, like when you're a child and you're just like, oh, okay everything's taken care of, like we've got food every day, we live in a house, and when things start to, if that gets jeopardized, then you start to worry. So I think, yeah, that was definitely a big learning transformation for me, and a good one. The really important thing in that, though, is recognizing it, acknowledging it, and being open about it as well. We're all going to make mistakes, you know. Um, I work yeah. on the basis of 70% of what I do is, is right, happy days. Um, but you know, fair play to you for acknowledging that and being uh, and being open about it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. It was tough to accept as well. I'm not going to lie. Like when it happened, 
I was like, this is what we're supposed to do. And I had, you have to stay strong when you make a decision, you have to stand behind it. And if something goes wrong, take it on the chin and learn and move forward. So yeah, hopefully that's what we just keep doing. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to share a little bit about uh, an industry that is pretty uh, fresh and new to, to me and, and probably quite a lot of our listeners. So thank you very much. Thank you guys, I really enjoyed it.